Left. Right. Hey, before you start, I just want to say this is a really interesting episode for me. Uh, kind of a hot point. Uh, I listened to something on the radio and uh, it just, just got a gun in my head. But before you watch, I want to let you know I did do my homework after the episode of Sip Talk. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share that with you a little bit later. But, but for now, just hear me out. Let me know what you think. Subscribe, like, comment, give me your opinion. I would really like to hear that. Uh, and remember, we're a new podcast, so we need all the subscriptions, all the likes, and all the comments we can get. So if you don't mind, I would really appreciate that. Uh, all right, enjoy. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 What are we talking about? We got any ideas? Are we? Well, you know, I, I had uh, a couple of things that hit me. I've been listening to the news a little bit more lately. Uh, I don't want to get into anything too serious. Um, but first off, we need, we need some drinks. So I'm going to ask for a drink out of the freezer. I know you need a refill over there. Would you mind? Uh, would you mind grabbing me a drink from the refrigerator? Oh, I yeah. that. Here, just give me one of these and use your other hand. Yeah. All right. So, welcome to Sip Talk. Welcome to Sip Talk, episode twenty-four. Sip Talk, episode twenty-four. Um, Andres has got a, a handle of uh, of doers over here. Uh, top, top one, top one, top one. And uh, I'm pre-mixed a drink and stuck in the freezer. What are you drinking? I'm drinking. That's the one right there. Are you? That's so tiny. This is pure. This is pure alcohol over here. I'm gonna pass this one back to you. And uh, so I, I pre-made a Negroni and stuck it in the freezer this afternoon. So I've got a, a pretty serious ice drink. That I've really been looking forward to making. What do you got on, on your end? I am sticking with. Some polar seltzer water because I need to get a run or some kind of exercise in late. And if I have drinks or have actual alcohol, then no exercise is going to happen. Oh, you're breaking a, a cardinal rule. It's not good, man. Um, well, if need be, I can put a little bit of alcohol in here, but I, I haven't been able to do any exercise Monday. And we're supposed to get a tropical storm over the weekend. Down there. Down in South Carolina. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna hit the roar when I go home. I I, uh, I told you how I injured my foot, and um, it's been a really, really frustrating fucking thing to not be able to run. And uh, I think I'm gonna try to go for a run and uh, see if see if it doesn't get too too bad. No, but it hasn't even healed, and you want to keep running. The doctor is literally telling you you have to take six months off, and it hasn't even been treated. That's the reason why you don't heal. And then you complain about it because you can't run because your, your foot hasn't healed. And as soon as you feel good, you're like, I'm ready to run. <laughs> sure. Run, run over here. Sure. I may, uh, I may go and get a, a cortisone shot, but, uh, but you know, I don't think that's a really great fix. It'll allow me to use it a little bit. The pain won't be as bad, but I could really do some, some damage. So that's, that's my fear. Uh, I think the best thing to do is go for a run, and as soon as it doesn't feel good, stop. 
Yeah, but the issue is it actually feels fine during the run. It, it gets nice and loose, and then afterward, it tightens up the, the tendons, ligaments, under the fascia in my foot tighten up, and it gets really, really, really painful. Um, and you know, last time it got so bad for a couple of weeks, when I was stepping, I was rolling my, my ankle, and my ankle got really, really bad from, from just the way I was, I was walking. So I'm just, I just, I can't not run. It's driving me nuts. I think like the pressure is off in my head because, <laughs> what are you drinking over there? A Mexican toddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a thing. It is not. This has got hot chocolate in there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I usually just tough it out, but this has been excruciating in, in duration. Um, just, just really, really bad. But what I was, what I was talking about earlier when I told you I was listening to the news lately, I heard yesterday, uh, there was a story about how Olympians were, professional athletes, Olympians were committing suicide. And, you know, that's a terrible thing. And what they were going on to say was, you know, it's a sob story about this woman who she was working at a gym, obviously wasn't doing great. She watched, she was watching her, uh, her place like silver in the Olympics on the TV in the gym. And it was a really bad time in her life. Then another person starts speaking and he goes, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, even, even if you get silver, it's not important. And if you don't, if you don't medal, nobody even knows your name. And it's really, really difficult to deal with. So, and, and people were, I guess there's been a couple of suicidal deaths, but that just really, you know, like what, where are we going with this one? Are, are we going to say that now we can't have medals at the Olympics? No, I, mean, because I, people, I don't think that's the point that they're trying to make in the story. Well, yeah, but where, but where, where are we going with the story? You know, people, I understand if you're a gold medalist or even a silver medalist, if you want to define a portion of your life by that. But if you're if you're bronze or you don't place, and and you leave in defeat, and you want to define your life by this defeat, you know I think uh, like I just what you know there's other things to you know go mow somebody's lawn and, and define yourself as a landscaper. But, no, but, for, that, but, that, but just do something else. It's not your thing. You know that thing is happening because there's a lot of uh, places, especially here in the U.S., where they will like. You you don't you you don't end up in first, second, third. You end up either on fifth or sixth, and they're all like, "Oh, there's a medal for you." Well, yeah, you know, there's, there's but you're talking about participating, but they're not talking about participating. Like, yeah, but it creates that, that mentality into you that if I'm, this is not like from when I was a kid, they they always reward my 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 participation, and now that I worked so hard, there's somebody that did like a second earlier. That well, I maybe did. that maybe that's what's happening is this generation of yeah. participation trophy yeah. earners are are not placing and they're defining their defining themselves based off of these losses but you know to go as far as committing suicide because you didn't you didn't place or you didn't get a gold medal i think is like you know we got some really just kind of like wild shit going on that people are committing suicide because they didn't get first place I don't think that that's the the point that you should take away from the story. Because no, so, so anybody that's made it to the Olympics has been training their entire life, and there's been plenty of competitions and events that they've, the best they've the participated best. in that they did not get first, second, or third. So they, they know that 
within competition is going to be some form of loss and disappointment. So the, I think what you're seeing is, first of all, it's been four years since the last Olympics and the Olympics aren't even happening this year. So a lot of times for certain, for certain events, um, mostly like the pure athletics events. So a lot of the track and field ones are you train, you structure your training around peaking at a certain time. Of and you, you can't hold a certain level of condition for more than maybe two or three weeks a month. Well, I mean, if so it they intense condition, you could die, you, you know, starvation or, you know, whatever it is. So, I mean, I know with bodybuilding, like you, you got to really diet down. I understand that. But, so where are you going with it? Well, so you go through these cycles where you train really, really hard to peak for a short period of time. And you try and time those around when the big competitions are. And then you kind of, you have ups and downs with your training, but now with coronavirus and everything, they had been training really, really hard with the idea that the Olympics would, would be happening pretty much right now, yeah. like mid-summer, yeah. mid-late summer. And so it's not happening right now. It's been pushed back for a year. And so when spent the last three and a half or four years training with one goal in mind, and you have to you have to understand the level of focus that these people have they wake up every single day at five in the morning and they train they don't do anything else. all they're doing is training for this one event oh, that they want so, to make okay. it to the Olympics. okay but now here's here's what i'm getting at is where do we go from here do we say hey guys you know there's been a lot of deaths so we just you probably shouldn't try as hard or, you know, like, what, what, what do you implement? A mental health system based on Olympic athletes? A general, no, I'm, general I'm, population? I'm not mental? saying... I'm, I'm just curious, where, they, where do they want to take this story? They're bringing it to our awareness. They're not bringing any solution. In my head, in my head I said, you know, I don't really think there's a solution except better educated people and better parenting. Like, you know, it, it starts as like a societal thing, but... But where's, where, you know, what's the solution on this one? And I got really frustrated. Just, you, know, you know, There is no solution. It, it, no solution. It's sometimes just unfortunate things happen. And there are more levels of risk in certain behaviors than others. And for these Olympians that have really set their entire lives and their entire identities around this one thing that they happen to be very good at. And when that gets taken away, Sometimes that can be very difficult for them to deal with mentally. And I don't know if there's a solution to it because that single-minded focus is what gets them to the level of performance that puts them in the Olympics. And so if you take that away, then they're not an Olympian anymore. They're just a highly skilled athlete, but not elite. So I think this is just kind of highlighting if you want to be an Olympian, if you want to be an elite level athlete, this is the level of focus that's required of you. And for some people, putting that much effort and focus into something is going to potentially break you. But imagine we do have the Olympics, and there's a lot more than three people that participate in every event. So the vast majority of them are not placing, and they're actually losing. Whereas if the Olympics don't happen, you didn't lose. Is it worse to lose? Is it worse to come in fourth place? Or... No. You know, or uh, I remember our, our wrestling coach in high school told us he was fourth place in the 1984 Olympics. 
I don't think this is a true statement, but and this is kind of he didn't tell a lot of true statements. He didn't tell a lot of true statements, but I also think this is pretty really the internet the way it is now, thinking that nobody would be able to you know figure Fun out check. who the fourth place person was in the '84 you know wrestling in the, in the Olympics. But this is a testable hypothesis. I, I mean, we could check now, but um, I think I have checked in the past. Uh, because it, actually the data is probably there now of who that fourth fourth place Greco-Roman style whatever type of wrestling it was but uh you know but the Olympics thing just got me people committing suicide because they're, they're not placing or they're not first place well I don't know the specifics of it but it was just suicide related to athletes yeah, I understand what and it was, it was, as as was associated with the yeah. non-winning exactly the thing is that for example if you want to be that class of athlete that type of like God level athlete you cannot focus yourself on having a second job or doing something else on the side because you need to put all that effort and time and you know uh, skills into that specific sport. Like for example, swimming. We have Michael Phelps, which is the greatest. Well, he, he, there was a statement from him as well. And the reason, the reason that he became the person that who he is now is because he actually had backup from her parents. Like if something happened, something bad happened with him, he will have like somewhere to fall unlike these other people that are like this is my only goal and this is the only thing that i have and if i fail at it then i, I will lose everything because you will lose not only in, it's not about just the the, the, the medals you'll lose the sponsorships nobody uh, like nike doesn't want to sponsor our fourth place fifth place sixth place they want to sponsor the first second and third you have nike yeah, Adidas, not even third though yeah, don't, you, you know, have really all of these companies place. that are investing money into you because now you become a uh, uh, mentorship, you know, uh, you become this powerful machine of making uh, money. Endorsements is the word you're looking for. Exactly, endorsements and all of these things. So if you happen to lose or come on uh, four, fifth, sixth place, which for us will be like great, amazing, but then it's like nothing. So, you know? so here's here's a soundbite from the documentary Way to Gold. This is what this is what I was listening to two days ago uh, in the morning. Stephen Holcomb is speaking. He said, Jarrett Peterson killed himself about the time I was writing my book. And that's what triggered. It was kind of like, this is big. This is an epidemic. It's not just him. There are a lot of people out there suffering through this. This film drops a new tragedy. Holcomb himself was found dead in the Olympic Training Center in 2017 with sleeping pills and alcohol in his system. Skeleton racer Katie Ullender Holcomb's best friend discovered his body. <sighs> What's the name of the documentary? The Weight of Gold. And, you know, they're really talking about attaining, attaining gold medals here. And I don't know. I was never a great athlete. So, you know, I, I, ran, I ran well. I wrestled terribly. But uh, it just wasn't that... <laughs> For me, just having good fitness and and, uh, and being in shape was something that I thought to be important. But I wouldn't have defined, even if I was a, a winner, I mean, I guess at Olympic level, maybe, but defining yourself as a gold medalist before you've medaled, I don't know, I, you know I've, I've scored second place and, and just swung and missed enough times in my life. And, you know, I, I know better than that. I guess if I got a trophy, you know, from kindergarten onwards for everything that I did, 
when it came time to get the big trophy, maybe I'd feel really bad if I got nothing. I don't, I don't know. But that, I mean, it just, it just struck me as like, where are they going with this? And, and what's a possible solution? I don't think that there, I don't know if there's necessarily a solution here. I think you just need to look at it and say that you, when you do anything in life with such a singular focus, that that's a risk that you take is when, when that, when that disappears, when that goes away, that you've got to find, you, you need to mentally prepare yourself for what you're going to be like in the absence of that thing. I think because I, can, I just, I, I just caught the end of this article too. And, and, but sure, but they're not, they're not proposing a solution. They're just bringing it to light. They bring the documentary to light. The, the last line in the interview that I listened to, I listened to it twice because I caught like the 6.30 and the 8.30 news before I went out the door. And she, he, he goes, one thing stands out here. No dark-skinned athletes are featured in a documentary in in-depth interviews, which now I'm, I, they're turning a whole nother, they're turning a whole nother angle on this whole story. And then the, that's the end of the article. So... I mean, for me, it was just kind of, the, you know, I don't know what they're trying to sell here, but it wasn't a solution. And it was it's just really frustrating to just listen to a news clip. Because, you know, usually when you well, hear the think... you, your brain starts spinning, like, oh, how are we going to fix this? What are people going to do? How it's affecting society? What's the pushback going to be? And this was kind of like a nothing, uh, you know, it was, it was like a flare that went up for, for nothing. There was no sinking ship. The sink didn't need saving. The, the ship didn't need saving. Yeah, it was just a, it was a it was a save me flare for no reason. I think really the the goal of the documentary is just twofold, and I'm just reading an article like summarizing it up and giving a quick little review. But the first one is just to kind of show these Olympic athletes in a different light because when you watch the Olympics, all you hear about is just their athletic abilities and maybe some of their training and maybe a little bit of backstory about their family or whatever. But I think the second one, the second point might be that mental health is an issue that runs kind of across it, that, that nobody's immune to problems with mental health and that, that maybe we need, we as a society need to, putting more resources towards providing help to the people that need it. And that's the solution. There's your solution right there. It's just increase the availability and decrease the stigma of seeking mental health treatment. But I, whatever but I, also, you think, may have. I also think we're not, you know, now things are getting so much more pussified. Like why are we telling people rather what we're going to do is, is rather than toughen up, we're going to provide you more help. Like, they started the Olympics. Everybody was fucking naked, wrestling around in the fucking dirt. That's how the Olympics stutter. Yeah, like, that was a fucking Olympics. And you, you also you, have to understand that. You take that your fucking clothes off. It, it's a dick-measuring yeah. competition first, and then you go and you fucking shove each other's face yeah. in the mud. And, like, that's how the... But now, but now we got to talk mental health for the loser is, is to me, it just... It struck so it's many it's chords. survival of the fittest. I'm, I'm still digesting the article, but it just hit me at so many different levels. But I just heard it and I got pissed instantly. So sure, yeah, I guess, like I said, when I first brought it up, it is a mental health issue. What, what, what are, you know, are they saying we need mental, they weren't saying we need mental health, um, you know, and then they ended with, there were no dark skin athletes. So where are you going with this? They just pivoted on that. And that was the end of the article. They didn't even, they didn't even talk about it. 
they just have you watched the actual documentary or are you getting no, your now, are you sourcing talking about it now I'm, I'm so worked up about it i'm gonna watch it you know like they they, they that's their win that's their win they got one, yeah. one more viewer <laughs> but you sound like you sound like the kind of person that just reads the headlines and goes crazy like this is the oh that's exactly this what he just did this is no, I, I listened I to the you, article. I, you actually watched I listened the, uh, to the article twice. I thought you actually watched the, uh, and the whole. Uh, <laughs> I have not watched the whole documentary, but I, I listened. I listened to it air. I don't. We'll have to check it out. Listened to it air twice, and it got pissed off the second time. And then I had a motorcycle ride to work, and my helmet battery was dead, so I couldn't hear anything except the thoughts just going over and over again in my head. And you know, I just kept thinking back to the fact that the Olympics started out as a dick me measuring competition where you shove people's face in the dirt. Like, you know, I, I, so back then, they used to have these fucking, what, what's a, uh, in Rome called? The Coliseum. The losers no, got it, killed. It is thunder, it is you didn't have to commit suicide. You didn't even have to commit suicide. You were killed. That was a sport. It started with Spartans. You had to be, as soon as you were born, you had to be certain measurements no defects on your body because otherwise you know, they would scar you like not good and as you can yeah. they developed it uh the athens developed the um the olympic games so they can fight with one another without actually killing each other they're like oh, sparta is gonna fight uh athens athens gonna fight olympians and on and on and on that's how the the, uh, the olympic games were created so you know they can yeah but, but the question is do we want to go to go back to a society where those are the values? Because I, I, I don't know if uh, so, like life during ancient Rome or ancient Sparta was necessarily the best. But, hey, but as tall as a tree grows, it's still rooted in the fucking dirt. It's, you know, like we're talking about the Olympics, which is fucking rooted in the dirt. Like that's what it is. It's a fucking animalistic thing where you say, I can jump further than you. I can run further than you. I can run faster than you. I can, swim. I, I can swim further than you. I can swim faster than you. I'm fucking better than you are. Yeah, but not every event in the Olympics is like that. I mean, some no, of the events, how, like yeah, some of the gymnastic is. events are, I can twirl a ribbon more, more flourishy than you. Exactly. And, and that's, so, but that's the direction that it's going. Now. And, and, you know, and, and some people are really, really, really interested they have to understand that not, not everybody can win. Not everybody, everybody can be on first place. And you also have to understand the side of the athlete as well. An athlete can only be an athlete from, from the age of 20 until the age of 30. That's your peak. That's your moment. You have that's, like that's, that's, two, well, that's two. delay a little bit more lately. Yeah, lately. But that, well, that's at least you have like, depends on the event. Gymnastics, it's like early teens. Yeah, yeah exactly. which is just wild. I don't like, you know, I don't like watching that. Like little girls jump around. I think it's pretty it's a pretty reductive claim to make that anybody that makes it Olympics thinks that that, that they, they only win everybody that's made it to the Olympics has lost and lost a lot you yeah, well, no, nobody bats a thousand so they, they, they're aware that that's what's going to happen is that more often than not they're not going to win they're just going because they're going against everybody else that is, that is practically equally as skilled as them. People like Michael Phelps that go in and win every single event are outliers to the extreme. Yeah. 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 He's definitely, he's, he topped my, my PR for swimming. So it's a close call. Yeah. So don't 
just make it sound like these people go into the Olympics thinking that they're going to win and just get utterly destroyed when they don't when they so, don't medal or they don't yeah, place or whatever. I'm not the one. It's, I'm not the one saying that. The article is saying that people are killing themselves. Okay, so let, let's break this down a little bit more. You're all hot and bothered because you an opinion piece about a documentary that's in and of itself opinion piece, and you're forming your opinion off of that. So this but, is but there was not much of an opinion. opinion. There wasn't much of an opinion formed. We, I don't know what it was for. Okay. So somebody so shot at the documentary. You're mad at the shitty article that you read. I didn't read it. I listened to it. Well, so that's and, even worse. And I listened to it intently the second time. I yeah. took my phone in the shower with me. I took my phone in the shower with me so I could listen to it a second time. It's really important to me. Okay. I listen hard, man. It was really so maybe hard. you should either watch yeah, you should watch the or hold the article up and headline. sound it out and read it to yourself. The kind of Facebook person that just reads a headline and like, oh, that is true. Aliens came and attacked New York. Or uh, Trump is saying this. Or Obama gave this, whatever, 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 with actually clicking and actually doing the, you know, the research. And actually well, I, listen, I listened to the whole thing. Yeah, right, you listened to somebody and else's I, And opinion. I'm talking about it from the perspective of not somebody who's watched the whole thing. I said it, it's frustrating for me what they talked about. They didn't go deep into it. They didn't say you should watch it. It just happened to be excerpts from, from the thing. So now I'm going to watch it, and we'll, uh, you know, I'll bring up my, no, I talk about Saturday. my, my opinion after after watching this thing. And uh, you know, we'll I thought that you'd actually watch it, and that's why you were like, oh, you know, no, they were just talk, They just talk, They talked about this thing about people killing themselves, and, and yeah. I didn't know where they were going with it. I, you know, I, I think uh, you have to, I mean, I, on a mental health thing, I think, you know, I watch a lot of real estate agents try real estate and, you know, they, they have their site set really, really high. You get a new real estate agent in the room, so um, this may hit home with her, but agents have their sites, but actually not so much because I, I know she works really hard, but I watch agents that come in they think they're going to make six figures in their first year. And then they're leaving at five o'clock and like treating this job like it's like, you know, they work at the fucking Apple store and uh, putting in a few hours expecting to get some perks, but not realizing that they're a business owner. They got to fucking own it and work hard. But I, I watched so many people exit two months in and, you know, and you know, they, they either bow out and they're done with real estate thinking that they gave it a real shot or... They go to another company, they wait, you know, two months there, realize it's not working there either, and then they bow out and realize it was themselves. And, you know, we, we lost an agent this morning. Uh, you know, I had a long, we had a lease signing that I went with him to earlier in the week, and we had a long talk. We were in the car for about two hours just on the way up. We were early, so we drove around in circles for a while. And then the ride back down was about an hour. Um, but we talked a lot about real estate. And then two years later, he told me he, he didn't want to do this anymore. And so yes, I'm not going to name well, what's, what's wrong with that? Job's not for everybody. Well, he, he went to another company to, to do something that he could have done here. Uh, it's just the other company is located closer to his house. But, you know, it's, it's either an 18-minute commute or a, a, a nine-minute commute. It's not a huge difference, but I, I and I was telling him what the issues with 
his work were. And if he continues to work the same way at the other company, he won't find success. It has nothing to do with the company. Very, very capable guy. And well, that's his problem, isn't it? It is his problem. But you know, I really thought he could have he could have been better. And also, like, he just kind of started getting going after coronavirus. So he's been doing this for a month since the office reopened. You know, and then to think it's not working out is, I mean, to me, really frustrating. It would be like if, if, if I hadn't been to the gym in five months, the gym opens back up. I go to the gym for three and a half weeks and go, ah, you know, fuck, I'm not an Olympic bodybuilder. I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go to a different gym. And I'm like, get it right there. <laughs> but but that's how it felt to me. That's a real that's a really good uh, similar circumstance, you know. Like I go back to I go back to New York Sports Club and uh, you know, in three or four weeks I don't I don't have a fucking six pack. Uh, I'm gonna go to Equinox. Yeah, I got volleyballs in my show, so now I'm gonna go to Equinox. I'm gonna go to fucking Blink. That's a, it's just it's, and I deal with that a lot. And I've seen, I know of one agent who left who found a lot of success. Not just this company, but you know, other companies I've worked at. I know a lot of people in the business, so you know when people move around, and it's usually they're moving because they're not successful, but they're not unsuccessful because of where they are. You know, the Equinox is going to have the same weight. Yeah. The 20 pounds on Planet Fitness is the same 20 pounds that you're going to find in Equinox in uh, you know, sports. Well, uh, Planet Fitness, their 20 pounds might really be like 17 and a half, just to make people it's feel better. It's 20 pounds to me, baby. 20 pounds to me. God. I don't know. That's my two cents. Um, what is going on down, down in the south? Outside of this tropical storm coming. Uh, not much has really changed down here. They're still trying to figure out what they want to do about reopening schools, which uh, I just think is I can I can understand two perspectives. If you're a parent, you just get out of the house. But from any reasonable perspective, it sounds like it's a really dumb idea to just let schools reopen with minimal restrictions sure there'll be like some more spraying and cleaning and stuff but like i'm so i'm 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 really so so undecided and uninformed on this issue and so removed from the issue and it doesn't affect me i'm not a teacher i don't have kids um and i don't have compelling arguments for for one side of this or the other side but like i just you know i feel like kids not going to school if i had if I had two kids and I work, you know, I'm at the office at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm here most nights to eight or nine o'clock at night. And now the kids don't have a place to go during the day. And we're supposed to pay for a full for childcare for the full day until 10 o'clock at night, push my kid out the door. Like, and, and obviously that's an added expense for me. And then I'm not making as much money at work. Or I'm trying, or you know, or I, 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 my work was closed, and I was able to watch the kids, and now work is starting back up, but with a reduced schedule or with reduced earnings, like really difficult situ situation to be in, and I don't think the state, local, or federal governments are doing really anything to alleviate that situation. I just I feel like everything that we've seen happen from the 
state, local, and, and federal has been it's been really, really shitty. Yeah, we've um, never had one of these uh, pandemics happening in like recent times. The the last one we had here was like on the twenties, nineteen twenties, and we thought that okay, we have a great uh, health system and we can take over everything. And so far, we, we were able to do that. Up until globalization and all these things happened, where like one single virus literally put us every single country, like the most powerful countries, on hold. Uh, I think the GPA, G, uh, GDP for every single country is going to contract 9.5%, at, at least in the U.S. I know that it's going to contract. So, well, our annualized is, uh, last quarter annualized contraction is 33%. <laughs> annualized. Yeah, so, and I don't think this quarter is going to be that much better. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be better, but it's not going to be that much better. But here's what I was thinking is going to start happening. I think we're going to, I think we're going to start seeing more regularity in pandemics. Because think about it. You had H1N1. You had, uh, give me some other names of some of these pandemics. Uh, the swine flu, SARS. Yeah, like even, even I think, I think the, the current administration has a lot to do with how this has played out. I, you know, I think I think it's played out really, really badly because of the current administration. I feel like any anybody else, it would have been kind of not like breaking news every minute of every day on every news channel. But I do think that we're going to see some more regularity and a lot more attention paid to because just think if we have an H1N1 or SARS people are going to instantly be comparing it to coronavirus. Yeah. And we didn't have a coronavirus to compare it to before. You know, you had H1N1 to compare it to SARS. To compare it, to, but it, was like, it was controlled. Yeah. I mean, it just happened between the States and Mexico, and that was it. It didn't become like this huge pandemic. And people need to travel as much as they travel I think, I think. I think we're just going to see a lot more regularity in it. And I think people wearing masks, and people just not wanting to touch people. Like the weirdest thing for me now is you, I, I meet new people every day. Is the handshake? It's like you it just like, you, oh. like you don't want to not extend a hand. But again, what was the handshake originally? It was I'm not hiding a weapon. Here's my hand. You know, oh, like yeah. that's that's. Uh, what I've been doing with clients in Charleston is we've been doing the elbow bump. Yeah. yeah Fuck that. I'm sorry. That's the stupidest shit I ever saw. I, I like it. I, you know, I like it as opposed to nothing. But I'm sorry if the new norm is going to be fucking tap elbows. The fuck out of here. What would you suggest as an alternative? Nothing. This is weird. This is weird. Or nothing. Or the handshake. Or not, or the handshake. So it's nothing, or the handshake. And we can adopt the Japanese way of being like, hey. Yeah, balance. Really Come on. Yeah. Well, we were getting really Asian with the face masks. <laughs> so we are. I people used to. I, I never made fun of anybody uh, who was. Uh, I was always my understanding that an Asian person wearing a mask was sick, and they were protecting other people. Yeah. They weren't a fucking germaphobe. They were just a polite person. Yeah. So now we just assume we're all sick and we have to wear them and nobody's making fun of Asian people. Well, some people are. That's really fucked up. But, um, yeah, but they were probably making fun of Asian people beforehand too. So like... They were probably making fun of everybody who, who wasn't fat with a bandana around their fucking head. 
So, but now everybody's got bandanas around their mouth. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> Any comments that we should pay attention to? You know what I'll tell you is a big deal in the South right now, actually, which, which we don't have an answer for, but um, whether or not college football is actually going to happen in the fall. <laughs> that, that matters. For, for anybody who hasn't been down to the South, it's really hard to explain how important it is to people who live in the South. Dude, I, I like, did we even know what the, anything about, like, high school football is, is big in the South. So, no, it, college, like, you got high school football, pro football, and then, like, college, yeah, college in football. South, in the South, exactly. Exactly. Which I, I like, it's a different place, man. Oyster. No, it's really hard to explain to someone who hasn't been exposed to it. When I was a substitute teacher, one of my like one of my first one of my first weeks being a sub, I didn't I'd only been in South Carolina for maybe a year and a half, two years, didn't understand the culture all that well, still don't. But um I'm You did teaching, say y'all. You did say y'all uh uh on Tuesday. I, I yeah, that's uh that's just a matter of convenience. That's the one thing that I've picked up from the South, and I'm gonna have to give it to them. It, it's it's taking two words and making it one. It's faster. Anyways, I'm teaching this class, and it's probably fifth or sixth grade. I don't even remember what subject. Let's just call it art. And so I've got all the kids doing their task or whatever, and then one of the students asked me and says, "Mr. Boswell, are you a Gamecock fan or a Clemson fan?" I was like, "What?" Like, and that's the University of South Carolina or Clemson University, the two biggest universities in South Carolina, and they have a big rivalry, and they kind of trade back and forth in terms of who's better. For the last couple of years, it's been Clemson. But the point is that you have to pick a side in this state. And for me, it's just very weird because, like, I can understand people being a fan of the school that they attended. If you went to a certain school, I can understand you being a fan. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What, there's a lot of people down here that never went to either one of these schools, might not have gone to any school whatsoever, <laughs> but are diehard fans of one or the other. And for me to have a 10 or 11-year-old kid asking me which, which team I'm a fan of, I'm like, dude, I'm from the north. Like, unless I've got a gambling interest in either one of them, I don't really care. No, I didn't say that to the kids, but I'm sure actually in the South, I'm sure it would have been fine. God. I don't know. But yeah, the, if they can't, if they can't get things under control down here, then I, the, if you want to get the South behind some kind of pattern of behavior, threaten to take away their college football and you'll see some change. But what, what, what is that going to accelerate? Well, if you've got 80,000 people all within a foot and a half of each other for four and a half hours, plus the fact that like if the team's training or whatever, if one person on a team gets sick, it's so easy for it to spread to everybody else. But between the close quarters training to the locker rooms, to being locked in a bus for four hours uh, as they drive somewhere or being on an airplane, the team airplane traveling to wherever so, their next uh, game so is. So let's. What do we do? We do we just I mean, that's what you're talking about right now to the uh, to the baseball league. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look at the Marlins. You got Castle, correct? You got Castle. So, what's the best solution? We just wait it out for. Yeah, there's nothing else. I, I just think half-assing all this shit is like, I couldn't imagine being a professional athlete and uh, having to having to perform, having to compete in an empty arena or an empty stadium. I mean, that's worse than coming in fourth place in the Olympics. <laughs> well, yeah, and the athletes don't like it because it's, yeah, it's a TV product, but there's such a difference in terms of energy in a game when you have fans there cheering and producing all that noise versus just the echoes of a ball bouncing in a gym. Yeah, that's weird. They're, they've been, they've been, they've been putting the crowds on speakers and playing the, and playing crowd noise by speaker to the people playing the games. Yeah. But it's not the same. Of course it's not the same. Like they should just, they should just transition to fucking video games. Um, esports have really taken off in the last six months. Well, I, I mean, I really, I think they got a ways to go, right? Um, there's an ETF. Um, where is it? Esports ETF. So there's an exchange traded fund that samples a whole bunch of different companies, public companies that trade primarily in either video games or video game products or the esports industry in general. And in the last three months, they're up 36%. Year over year, they're up 67%. Wow. That's impressive. It's impressive. So, yeah, esports are definitely up and coming. Especially with But in, in, in regards to your question of what do we do, do we just call this a lost year? But I well, think we should instead of trying – like. Instead of this bullshit, I, I think you know. Well, maybe, right. That's the thing is, if we had if we had not half-assed it from February and just said, okay, we're <laughs> locking down hard and we're locking down until this, not the cases go down to some level that we think's okay and we're in a rush to reopen. We lock down to the cases go down to damn near zero. Look but at South you, Korea. Look at New play, Zealand. You know, how, how does how does the how does baseball play when you've got when when three MLB teams are left uninfected, like? Yeah, everybody else is quarantined for two weeks. How does that even well, work? we're going to find out. It's it, it might end up being a failed experiment. I, and you might see something similar happen in either the NBA or the MLS yeah. or the NFL when they get back going. Who how knows? I, it, how, it, am it, I explain, I, how am I going to explain this to grandkids? Like, like what? Hey, Grandpa, you know, back in 2020, well, you know, this the great pandemic of 2020, with coronavirus that must have been really bad right well i was mostly broke i went to work a lot drank a lot of corona in the beginning like <laughs> well i think it, you really say well to me it all started back when we react when we elected a reality tv star as a president yeah was he really a the reality tv star he was you know i know it was his show but really the, 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 if it show, was his yeah. show then that, that, by definition, makes him the reality TV star. Yeah, but you know, like the Panic Island, or I don't know, or the people are naked. Which, what's the one show where like everybody's going around the island? Survivor? Survivor. Yeah, but we call the guy, yeah. at, you know, at the end with the Tiki Torches, we call it like his show? No, the, 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 the thing is it's named Survivor, not The Apprentice with Donald Trump. Yeah, with Donald Trump. Survivor with, you know, the guy in a tank top. Like, that's what it is. Right. So, we, right, we, exactly. So, there's a big difference. About, it's not even about the person who it's with. Like, it's about the other people. 
Right, but the, the the Apprentice was all about who it was with, who who was on the show. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians or any of those crappy shows. Like I hate that I hate to say this, but they're reality TV stars. Why? Because their names on the show. <laughs> so yes, I think describing Donald Trump as a reality TV star is completely accurate. All right. Well. My uh, my pre-made drink is empty, so I'm gonna wrap up. That was, I mean, there was like a lot in here. It doesn't seem like that much, but I guess when you pour in a granny over ice, it's like it's probably two of them. It's not bad. I think I'm a bit over the Negroni that I bought. I bought a liter bottle of James. vermouth, a liter bottle of gin, a liter bottle of Campari, and you know. I love Negronis, but I don't know how many more of these I can do. Too much tomorrow. What's that? Too much tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm going to watch this documentary tonight. And uh, I'll get back to you on, on once I flushed out my own opinion on, on what's going on here. In the meantime. Have you seen the Neve, uh, Never Leaving uh, Neverland? Or Leaving Neverland? Have you seen that? Um, I'm sure James has any. James. Nope. I don't. I don't care about Michael Jackson at all. When he when he died, I was actually kind of happy because I'm like, finally, we can put this saga to rest. Never mind that. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some uh, some of this this video. I will get back to you once I fleshed out my opinion and uh, gonna listen to some Michael Jackson. <laughs> All right, James. All right, fine. I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you later. I'll let you know about this thing and uh, watch out for that storm. Yeah, and I, I may or may not be able to join you on Tuesday. It depends on if we get hit or not. Because if we get hit, I pro I usually lose power. Well, it, it's those uh, willow trees. So. Yeah. Well, but I'm probably going to go to the beach once the waves get big. So I might not join you either if I just get swept out to sea. Well, that can happen. That can happen. I'm kind of hoping for it, given the way this year's been going. Well, I'd say if you train hard enough, you could you could place second or third. So, so yeah, side, please. That would be the greatest. Yeah, are they gonna are they gonna make a documentary about me? Well, we could we could we could get the you know we could rush we get rushed you know down down to South Carolina. That's that's he spent a lot of years there, so we get rushed down there. He's made some good videos. I think you got I think you got a good shot at that. And you know, we could make a really big deal out of it. It could be tragic. You know, I think I think I could improve my odds by killing a whole bunch of people first. That way it just kinda adds some intrigue to the story. Yeah. All right. I'll uh, catch up you later then. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I do. Adios. All right. Hey, this far again. Thank you for that. Please. This is a new podcast, episode 24. Obviously, as you can see, we need all the love we can get. So if you don't mind, please like this video, throw in a comment just for the hell of it. I don't care what you say. And uh, just hopefully it's nice. And uh, subscribe because we really, really need the subscriptions. All right, that's it. I'm out. See ya.